0: Hey there, how's it going folks? Um, My name is Ethan Lee, this is For Whom the Podcast Tolls. This is the official podcast of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls, which is SB Nation's Mississippi State community. I am your host and the managing editor of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls. On today's show, we're going to discuss some more season preview stuff, look at Mississippi State's next four opponents, Um, and that's about it. I'm going to answer some listener questions at the end of the show. Uh, I think we have all of our questions in. Mr. Vanderlip, I don't know if you got questions in. Last I checked, you didn't. Um, if I don't answer them and you did send some in, I'm sorry. If you didn't send some in, you're a regular listener, and um, I guess you should be sorry. I, I don't really know how that works. But you know, today's show, we're going to discuss Auburn, uh, look at BYU, Kentucky, and Sanford. You know, those are the next four opponents on the last show. We looked at South Alabama, South Carolina, LSU and UMass in those four games to start off the season State realistically should go 3-1 and one. You know, I don't see any problems with South Alabama they're not going to pose any threat to Mississippi State more than likely um, same with South Carolina South Carolina is going to be in the discussion for the worst teams in the SEC by the end of the season um, and then LSU kind of nervous about LSU because it's LSU and it's more of a kind of nervous that i think we might get blown out if lsu has an offense i think at best we're losing by like seven points or 10 points at best is what i would expect lsu is just really good they're really talented they should be competing for a national title we still don't know who our quarterback is at the time that i'm recording so you're replacing Dak prescott it's yeah it's lsu we're playing in death valley I discussed that on the last show. If you really want to listen to me talk about that prediction, you know, go back there and I'll discuss that also next week, leading up to that game. Um, then you look at UMass, and UMass is going to be pretty much a sure when. I hate that we're playing this game. Hate that we're playing it on the road. Like that annoys me. I can't do anything about it. Um, looking at. These next four teams that Mississippi State is going to have to face. You got some pretty interesting games. You know, the first four, not really all that interesting. Should be able to start the season 3-1 and without any real problems. Um, Hopefully, at this point going into the next four, you're healthy. Starting to compete against some interesting competition here. Um, Starting off with Auburn, I guess, because that's the next game. And, uh... Some just general notes on them. Bill Connolly's projecting them to get 6.5 wins, and that's are a variety of stats and factors that are above most people's heads. I understand about maybe, you know, a third of all the technical stuff that he goes into, is like, number crunching. He goes really in-depth with this stuff. It's incredible. If you haven't checked out all of his 128, 129, however many teams that he predicted and projected and went through... He does an amazing amount of research. Go look at his stuff; it's incredible. Um, but as a whole, he's projecting them to get six point five wins. You know, Auburn should be a decent team, I guess. Maybe I don't know. They might be bowl eligible. They might not be bowl eligible. It uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, it all depends on if they can find a quarterback. There's no guarantee that they'll find a quarterback. Um, they don't have a running back, and we'll get all into that in a second. Starting with the quarterback mess that they have, you know, Sean White is going to be the starter against Clemson. Auburn fans should realistically be worried about the quarterback position. You know, Sean White has a lot of talent. Very talented guy. Obviously, is playing football at the highest level in the toughest division. At the highest college level, not the highest level. He's not in the NFL. That's irrelevant. Um, completely, completely irrelevant to this discussion. But Sean White, he's in the toughest conference. He's at a school that is built for offense. Should be able to, you know, be renowned and great and wonderful, and it's not working out so far. You know, his freshman year was a bit of a rocky road for him. He went what completed 58 percent of his passes uh through one touchdown four interceptions he had injury problems and, i mean he wasn't even the starter to start the year that was jeremy johnson and jeremy johnson somehow in this offseason was even worse than sean white which yeah um he threw 10 touchdowns a year ago seven interceptions was pretty much the textbook definition of inconsistent when he was consistent he was not good He was consistently less than stellar. Um, And, I mean, the quarterback position was so bad for Auburn that they had to go look to the JUCO route again, go back to EMCC, try to find a quarterback there. And, uh, I mean, they got John Franklin III, who wasn't even the starting quarterback, for EMCC. So, yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's just not looking good for Auburn. Somehow John Franklin III was worse than both Sean White and Jeremy Johnson. Yeah. So I don't really know what to say about Auburn's quarterback position other than it's a mess. You know, Sean White has some potential. Jeremy Johnson is built like Cam Newton. It's just, you know, can Sean White stay healthy? Can he develop at a reasonable rate? He was a freshman a year ago. Looked like a freshman. Um... And he's in a system that's, yeah, he's kind of a dual threat, but he is not a true dual threat quarterback. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Case Keenum from Houston a couple years back. He's now playing, what, with the LA Rams now? Um, Case Keenum was not by any means a bad quarterback. He was one of the, what, the NCAA's all time leader in touchdowns scored or something like that for a little while fantastic quarterback uh wonderful guy too from all i've seen and read so if you're going to be compared to anybody why not case keenum but sean white is nowhere near case keenum's stature at this moment stature not being height but being prominence and regard and yeah sean white is no case keenum um at least not at this moment and i don't know that he'll ever get to that standard but you look at what they have around them. They have a lot of talent at the quarterback position, a lot of potential, and they're just not living up to it. Um, so, you know, if you don't have a quarterback, what do you have? You look to the other positions to try to build around your inexperienced, injured quarterback. And, you know, you go to running back and they have nobody there. They have Carrion Johnson, who, you know, perfect name for running back in the SEC, but nothing set in stone there um you know they lost their best running backs from a year ago they dismissed a guy a couple of days ago that was supposed to be their starter it's oh, not looking <laughs> it's not looking too good, tiger fans if you're an auburn fan and you're listening to this podcast for whatever reason i'm sorry to tell you if you don't already know but your your offense is kind of crappy so far um you look at the receiver position the tight end position And they lost Ricardo Lewis from a year ago. He was their, you know, far away, their best receiver. And they don't have anybody proven there. So you don't have a proven quarterback. You don't have a proven running back. You don't have proven receivers or tight ends. You look at the offensive line, you know, is that going to be a mess too? It's actually going to be one of the, I would expect, one of the better offensive lines in the SEC. Um, And that's saying something because you have a lot of good offensive lines in the SEC. But you look at what they have. They have a solid interior. Um, you know They're replacing their two tackles. But their guards are returning. Their center's are returning. They're bringing back 52 career starts. And a second-team All-SEC guy in Braden Smith a year ago. So the interior of the offensive line should be pretty good. They can find some tackles as a whole. That offensive line should be pretty good. It's just finding the other pieces for an offense. And, and that's not easy to do at this stage in the game. Um, to not have anything proven at the skill positions or the quarterback, I, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So it's kind of weird because Gus Malzahn, offensive genius, he's not looking like an offensive genius right now. Um, you look to their defense, it was pretty good a year ago, not great, not stellar, all right, serviceable. If you have an offense to go with it, then you're going to win some games. You know, they don't have an offense right now. They don't have a defense right now. So what do they have? Um, which they might actually have a defense. I don't know. You know, looking... Well, actually, I do now. I, I have it typed up here. Um, the defense has some potential. You know, they hired Kevin Steele after Will Muschamp went out to South Carolina. Not a great hire. Not a great hire by any Zest by anybody's estimation, for either South Carolina or for Auburn, just not good, the only good thing about it is they took someone away from LSU, I guess, and then LSU ends up going getting, who was it, Dave Aranda from Wisconsin, and that's a much better hire, yeah, I don't know what you're doing, or uh, Auburn, You, you did something wrong here, um, So, you look at their defensive line, it's loaded with talent, loaded with experience. You got Carl Lawson, you got Montrevious Adams, should be a monster front. You look behind them, the linebacker position, TJ Neal comes down from Illinois, should give them a solid amount of depth and experience. Granted, those, the Big Ten, the Big Ten doesn't have a lot of great teams. Um, A few good offenses, but not many. And then you come down to the SEC. It's just kind of a different game. And if there's Big Ten people out there, they're going to be listening and they're going to be talking and they're going to be bashing the SEC. They're going to be bashing me for being a dumb Southerner. So be it. Um, I can deal with that. But you look at the level of depth at the linebacker position for Auburn right now. You know, they have a good amount of experience, good amount of depth, some good talent in there. It should be a good front seven for the Tigers. Um, one of the better ones in the SEC, I would estimate. you know, Top half, top third, maybe. I can't predict exactly where they're going to land, but should be a serviceable defense. Um, and then the defensive backs, they always seem to have at least a couple of defensive backs that are really good, that have been there forever. Jonathan Ford feels like he's been there since 1832. Like, it's just... He's been there for a while, it feels like. Um, he's seen everything that the SEC is going to throw at him. Literally throwing because... Psh, you know, quarterbacks and... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean... The defense should be good. There's no real questions on the defense. Special teams should be alright because Auburn always has a decent kicker and a decent punter. It's the offense. And that that feels weird to say because a couple of years ago, you know, guess Mel's on and the offense and they're running up against the Seminoles and running all over. And you know, then, then they are here and they are, they are not good here. So I don't understand it. I, I, I don't think most people understand it, but Auburn needs to find a quarterback. They need to find a running back. They need to find receivers. If they can do those three things, yeah, yeah there might be a pretty good team. Um, there's no guarantee that they'll do those three things so i would expect a win there for mississippi state wouldn't think it'd be too difficult of a win you know it's all right, always kind of close but state is a better team all around we have proven weapons by this point we should know who our quarterback is should be able to win this game unless auburn somehow uh, whatever we'll get more into We'll find out what Auburn looks like in a couple weeks, and we'll preview that again when we play them, or before we play them. So looking at the next sort of interesting game is BYU. The BYU Cougars headed up to Provo. Well, the Bulldogs are headed up to Provo to the Cougars. Um, I miss you, Daniel. If you're listening, I miss you insulting me. And, yeah, come back to the podcast piece talking about BYU uh, they're bringing in a new head coach their projected one total from Bill Connelly was exactly seven games you know they always field a pretty good team but it's rare that they field a truly great team um, they're pretty hard to beat in Provo which you know if you haven't been up to Provo and you're thinking about making this trip make this trip it is beautiful out there just a wonderful area should be a fun game to go to make this trip if you can um, you know, as a whole, this should be an interesting team that state's going to go up against. They have two really good quarterbacks Taysom Hill, and then, uh, then uh, who's it, Tanner Mangum. Which I'm not sure if there's any relation there or not to Jake Mangum. Someone should find that out. But Taysom Hill put up some truly exciting numbers back in 2013 struggled to stay healthy in 2014 and 2015 and yeah um back in 13 he threw just under 3,000 uh passing yards ran for over 1,300 uh total 29 touchdowns so really good numbers there 19 passing touchdowns 10 running touchdowns total 14 picks not so great there but as a whole exciting quarterback to watch really fun um he just needs to stay healthy. He hasn't done that the past couple of years. You look at Tanner Mangum, who he threw for over 3,000 yards last year as he stepped in to replace Taysom Hill. Uh, he had 23 touchdowns, 10 picks. So some pretty good numbers there, but he's nowhere near the rushing threat that Hill is. Um, only 100 yards, two touchdowns. He was sacked 29 times. So either way you go, you really have solid option there. I, I think, last I heard, Taysom Hill is getting the starting nod, but Mangum, should something happen or should Hill not play up to expectations, because he's not been healthy, then you know, expect Mangum to play, and he's going to play just fine. I would, I would anticipate. I'm not looking forward to having to face either, either quarterback whatsoever. Then behind them, you know, if you're looking formation-wise and you're in a pistol formation, then straight behind the quarterback or, you know, the uh, ace formations <laughs> yeah. yeah. or whatever, you know, out running back position, the, uh, they have a couple of good options. I'm going to butcher this name, so don't be mad at me, but Algernon Brown, A-L-G-R-G-E-R, no, 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 no. A-L-G-E-R-N-O-N Brown doesn't look that doesn't look that difficult. I just can't pronounce things. Um, a year ago, he had 700 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. And then Jamal Williams, their other running back, back in 20 oh 2014. So I guess he was injured last year too. Um, but Jamal Williams had 500 yards back in 14 and four touchdowns. Yeah, the two of them give the Cougars a decent running attack. You add in Taysom Hill if he's healthy that's that's a scary combination right there the three of them um you look at receiver they lost their best receivers from a year ago they return a couple of guys that you know had almost 600 yards and then almost 500 yards so over a thousand yards between the two of them um five touchdowns total you got nick kurtz who is 6'6 and 210 pounds so he's kind of built like joe morrow was maybe yeah i think he's taller um and then you have Mitchell Jurgens who is uh 5'10 and 180, 181. So you, know, you got a couple of good receivers there, a couple of good options, something proven. Yeah, that's always good for a team to have. Not good for us because we're facing them, but so be it. Then you look at the offensive line. The Cougars are turning four starters. Four. Four guys are coming back. Um of guys that made more than two starts a year ago, they're bringing back a total of 94 total career starts. I mean, granted, that's from two different right guards there, but they have an incredibly deep and incredibly experienced offensive line. Um, I mean, I think this is going to be an exciting matchup to watch against Mississippi State's incredibly talented and incredibly deep front seven. I think State has an equally talented, if not more so talented, an equally deep, if not more so, um, when it comes to that front seven. You know, it, that's that's going to be a fun matchup. Hopefully State would win more matchups than they lose. But regardless, it's going to be a fun battle to watch. A lot of experience, a lot of depth, a lot of talent for both teams at that line of scrimmage battle. It'll be fun. Uh, when you look at the Cougars' defense... Again, bringing a lot of seniors back. If you look at their defensive line, they have a lot of senior defensive ends. They have like three or four senior defensive ends. Kind of ridiculous. I don't know how they're going to get all these defensive ends on the field. It just whatever. I mean, if it... would be some weird positions. Some weird formations. That's a different tangent. Um, yeah, a lot of seniors on the defensive line... Got some pretty big dudes, do. There's not a lot of smaller pass rushing guys. They have two guys that are about 240, 245. Um, a lot of these guys are close to 300 pounds, built like SEC defensive lines, built like some of the better defensive lines in the SEC. Um, but the thing is, they lost their leading pass rusher from a year ago. Uh, the guy had 10.5 sacks. What they're bringing back, their next three guys. Combined for 10.5 sacks. So you know, they have a good experienced defensive line, but finding a pass rusher is gonna be gonna be the thing for them. Yeah, you know, they have a couple of options there. A lot of experience, a lot of talent. It just depends on who pans out and what wins in terms of scheme and such, because you know, new coaching staff. Um you look at linebacker; they lost three guys, but their most productive linebackers are returning. Again, plenty of depth, plenty of talent. Should be solid here. Should be loaded here. And they have again; it's not like they're running around some of these small linebackers. They have some solid-sized guys too. That you know, 230, 220 pounds. They they have a good front seven. And then you look at their secondary; it's you know experienced. A lot of depth they're bringing back a majority of experience of tackles from a year ago they're only replacing one safety I think that was like their leading safety but um, in terms of tackles and such here's their leader but as a whole should be a pretty good defense I don't know about top tier talent I don't remember seeing rankings and such for these guys but as a whole, a lot of experience, a lot of depth, a lot of talent. Oh, I, let me strike the last one. Don't know about talent. I was just rolling. Um, a lot of experience and a lot of depth at a lot of these positions. So, if Taysom Hill stays healthy, going to be a dangerous team for the Bulldogs to face. I think we match up well at most positions. So it'll just be interesting to see what pans out. This is going to be a game with, you know, probably mid to upper 20s, lower 30s, scoring-wise for both teams, probably which team has the ball last is going to win this game. I don't know. Like it, This game could go either way by most predictions. And so it'll be fun to watch. Again, if you're thinking about making the trip, you have the opportunity to, but you're just not sure, I would make this trip. Like I was looking at trying to find a way to drive out there, But my sister's coming into town that weekend, and I had a work obligation. I can't go on the work obligation, so I'm going to be watching it on my couch. Hanging out with my sister and my roommate. So, yeah. Which, that's fun. TV games are fun. Plus, I'm not having to drive, like, 5,000 miles both ways. I don't know if that's 5,000 miles. I miss Daniel because he could fact-check me, or I could fact-check him. Come back, Daniel. Please. If you're listening. I don't know if you're listening. Yeah, look into the next team, Kentucky, and we get to our, well, I guess this is our second hot seat alert of the day, the first one being Auburn, I didn't talk about that, going back to Auburn, Gus Malzahn might be fired at some point in the season, might be fired three games in, might be fired nine games in, we don't really know, he might be fired at the end of the season, He's probably going to be fired. Getting to our second hot seat alert with Kentucky, Mark Stoops, he needs to he needs to learn to win SEC games. He needs to learn to win games in the second half of the season. You know, past couple years they've gotten off to like I think identical five and one starts, and then they just like completely crap the bed. Just, just lots of fecal matter everywhere. They are not good the second half of the season. Much like Texas A and M isn't good the second half second half of the season. Except you know A and M has talent. Kentucky doesn't. They have basketball. Time. They have a lot of basketball talent. Um, when you look at their projected wins, it's only 4.3 this year. That's not good. Um, yeah, so Mark Stoops is going to be on the hot seat pretty much the entire year. They need to make a bowl. They need to go over the 4-3 and three mark by a couple of games. Um, you know, under Mark Stoops, they're 4-20, and 20, which that's a great number, right? 4-20, um, blazing, woo, marijuana, yay, references. Um, they're 4-20 in SEC play. You don't typically keep your job if that's your conference record. Um, again, if you have an opportunity to go to this game, go to it. Typically, they play Mississippi State pretty tough, but Dan Mullen has never lost to the Wildcats. He's beaten them every year. We destroyed them last year in what was arguably Dak Prescott's best statistical game. Like, statistically, probably his best game. Um, That was a fun game. So, looking at the Wildcats a little more in-depth, you look at their offense, if... I forgot the first name for this guy. If they can find a quarterback to be more than meh at Drew Barker, I think was his name. I'm blanking. I'm sorry, Kentucky fans, if you're listening to this podcast for whatever reason. Um, if they can find a quarterback that can be more than meh and the new scheme is somewhat good and the offensive line is good, then this offense has the pieces to be pretty intimidating. Um, you know, they have an unproven quarterback and Drew Barker. I think that's his name. Um, running back, they have JoJo Kemp, Boom Williams, and I'm going to probably pronounce the same wrong, Michael Horton, M-I-K-E-L, Michael, Mikel, I'm sorry, um, you yeah, know, they have a solid stable backs. three guys, three different builds, you know, every shave and size at running back, total last year, between the three of them, 1,700 yards, 15 touchdowns, and that's pretty good production at the running back position. I don't think they're going to go with one back or another. I think they're going to go with the entire three group, you know, entire stable, use all three guys, uh, because that's their best path to finding an offense. Um, When you look at wide receiver, they're returning every significant weapon at receiver from the past few seasons. Uh, They had two guys that could catch, or two guys that each had over 600 yards a year ago, They have plenty of long, rangy targets, a mix of smaller slot receivers. Uh, You look at tight end, they had C.J. Conrad, who is 6'4", 245 pounds, had one of the highest catch rates on the team. He could be a pretty good red zone threat, could be pretty intimidating as a blocker. You know, he's a pretty big guy. And then you look at the offensive line. They're having to replace 67 career starts on the left side of their line but they're bringing back a total of 79 career starts from guys that have rotated along the line, played various spots due to injury, so on and so forth. I don't think there's many teams out there that can say, oh yeah, we're having to replace 67 career starts, but we have 79. Like, that—that that is insane how many career starts they're having to replace but are still bringing back. So if they can find a way to mesh together a line with almost 80 career starts... Yeah, they find a way to replace the left side of their offensive line should be pretty good should be pretty set um so again if they can find a quarterback and their new offensive coordinator is any decent then that offense that offense will be fun to watch for wildcat fans not so fun to watch for the rest of us and then we take a look at kentucky's defense kentucky really has no defense um, they're replacing two of their leading tacklers from their off or from their defensive line excuse me um, you look at the talent below them it's kind of pretty good but nothing nothing spectacular nothing terrifying except for Matt Elam who is six foot seven and 360 pounds He is he's a fridge you, you put him in the middle of the or the defensive line I, I don't know why I'm confusing them. Um I'm dumb. It's 940 at night. I'm kind of tired. but you put him you put Matt in the middle of that defensive line. He anchors it, he's gonna knock down a whole bunch of people, plug up some offensive lines. He's gonna create some havoc if you can find some guys to put around him to create some pass rush. That'd be that'd be pretty ideal for the Wildcats. The problem is they don't really have anybody there to do so. Uh, and then they're replacing their four best linebackers. That's not good, (laughs) Kentucky. If you're trying to replace your four best linebackers, that's typically not the ideal situation for your front seven to also have to be replacing two of your best tacklers from the defensive line. Yeah, explain that to me, Kentucky. Explain how you're going to have a good defense. Just looking at that situation right now, it doesn't look good. You know, granted, guys can step up. There can be people that come out of nowhere and, you know, take the world by storm. I, I acknowledge that possibility. But Kentucky does not have a track record for a great defense. Not under Mark Stoops. You don't have Alabama's talent. Or LSU's. LSU's? LL. You don't have... I'm trying to... LSU's talent. You, you just don't. I'm just going to go with LSUs. It sounds weird. I talk funny. So be it. So you just. Kentucky, explain this to me. Please. Explain how you're going to have a good defense. You know, the only good part on paper, you know, on the field is going to be different. On paper, the only good part of their defense is their secondary. They're only having to replace one significant contributor, and they're pretty talented back there. You know, plenty of young guys back there. They have a few veterans that have some good experience. Their secondary should be pretty good. Everything else is going to be kind of a mess on defense. Um, So, if Kentucky can find those pieces, if they can find pieces, um, you know, I mean, they don't even have to find that many pieces for their offense. They just need a quarterback. So, they're probably going to score a lot of points. Probably not stopping anybody from scoring a lot of points on them. They're a poor man's Texas A&M. Looking at our next opponent is Sanford, and yeah, I'm not previewing Sanford. Not until we get up there, just because you know, that should be... I'm getting a text message. Um, that should be a pretty easy win for Mississippi State. I'm not scared of Sanford. So... Let's go on to listener questions. Do do do. Go to Twitter. Um. Here we uh, scroll to the top. Uh, here we go. Um, our first question comes from Bunt Murphy at JDog5513. Miss you, Jdog five it, five one three. Missy Jdog, it's been a little while. Kind of. We tweet each other, and we're in a DM group and whatnot. Um, will you delete your account? Which account are you talking about, j Because, you know, I have... I run a few different accounts. I have my personal account. I have the podcast account. I have the blog account. You know, I have a few accounts. And then I have the recruiting account for Fruim the Cowbell Tools, but we're not doing anything with that right now. If you know anybody that wants to cover recruiting for Mississippi State... Yeah, and give me a call. But no, J Dog, I'm not deleting any of my accounts. Um, None, the foreseeable future. Fabulous swag Vegas. Pretty please, will you delete? You're you're a poor man's J Dog, Mr. Swag Vegas. And no, I will not delete. Um, Looking for more questions. Top Dog says he's disturbed. That's not a question, Top Dog. Um, then he sends a cat, Jeff. Also not a question, but I appreciate cats, kind of. Last time I touched a cat, my arm felt like it was on fire. That was not a pleasant experience. Um, Lewis. Lewis sent in some questions. Let's see. First question. Or, well, it's at MSU Lewis on Twitter. He's a longtime listener. He had an argument saying that he's the number one fan of our podcast which you know he has a legitimate claim to that title so does mr Vanderlip, but mr Vanderlip didn't send in any questions neither did corbin i don't know let's see let's go ahead and answer these questions then we'll talk about that some other show um how much do you miss daniel being on the show i mean it makes my job a lot easier i don't have to be as prepared because he can fact check me i can fact check him We can just talk about whatever comes up, you know, being, doing this by myself, I have to be a lot more prepared and it's probably evident that I'm not as, you know, I'm doing as best as I can, um, but I probably could be doing better. I don't know. Um, probably evident to the listeners when I just pause and say, um, or I get like text messages and don't know what to do with them. Yeah. So I miss them a lot he makes my job easier it was fun to have a host Daniel's a cool guy he's really good at this I, I'm kind of okay um, on a scale of 1 to 10 how would you rate your performance on the podcast this season so far I'm assuming 1 being worst, 10 being best um, let's go with a 4 Probably better than that. I'm probably doing better than a four, but let's go with a just you know conservative estimate of a four because I feel like I could be doing much better um, You know, I feel pretty prepared. I get the notes typed up and everything and you know I'm more prepared than I ever was with season one But I'm forced to be doing this all on my own It's kind of awkward a couple times. There's some pauses So I'm still trying to get the feel for this Um Compared to where we were at the heights of season one to only one or, well, two episodes now, you know, let's go with a five, five, 5.37. That's my final answer, Lewis, for question number two. Question number three, were you more nervous doing the show solo last week or the very first time you did a podcast? Um... qualify this i was you know first time i did a podcast i joined up with daniel black and john clark on out of state out of mind you know, great podcast joined on with them as a guest um i was nervous about that but it was kind of like an excited nervous you know doing this on my own it's more of a what am i getting into this is uncharted waters i'm doing this by myself this is how you know i have to produce it i have to publish it i have to do all of this like what is going on kind of nervous and so you know i think i'm handling it pretty well but two different types of nervous both equally kind of uh what's going on sort of moment um question oh that was question three question four i'm coaching my kids soccer team this fall if a state football game and my kids soccer game are scheduled at the same time which one do I go to? Go to your kid's soccer game. There is nothing they would love more than soccer and having their dad there. Um, I, uh, you know, I was in Boy Scouts and whatnot and went camping all the time. And there were times where I'd miss college football on the weekends. My dad would miss college football on the weekends, and we'd go camping. And I remember those campouts more than I remember a lot of those football games. And you can always find the football games. Like these days, you can go to YouTube and find the football games. You can go to watch ESPN and so forth. And yeah, serious answer: go to the go to the soccer games because your kids will love it. It's your family. Less serious answer: um, find a way to stream the game, stream the state game while you're watching your kids play soccer, and don't let your wife catch you. That's the less serious answer. Um, question one, two, three, four. Five question 5 my kids had soccer games yesterday and I spent 5 straight hours in 95 degree heat with no sunscreen on and am now badly sunburnt sunburnt how stupid am I uh, that, that, that doesn't seem incredibly smart I don't recommend that no I recommend putting on sunscreen or like a hat with a wide brim get you a nice huge sombrero or something that's what i'd recommend um let's see final question and this is apparently the final question of the evening when will there be for whom the podcast tolls shirts okay so i don't this is an interesting topic i don't know about for whom the podcast tolls shirts but i am working on getting for whom the cowbell tolls shirts and then also like decals or bumper stickers whatever I'm working on getting, uh, blah, 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 blah. I can't talk. I'm working on getting decals and blog shirts put together. Um, if there's any money left over for an alternative design, that alternative design will be stuff for the podcast. But, you know, the blog kind of encompasses the podcast because we have pretty much the same name and podcast is funded by the blog, and so on and so forth, so, can't guarantee that there will be podcast shirts, there will be blog shirts at some point, but I don't know when just yet, um, so yeah, uh, we're gonna get shirts, it'll be cool, it'll be a party, that'll do it for the questions, that'll uh, do it for the majority of this episode, next time's episode, we're getting pretty cool guests coming on, former Mississippi State tight end, former Mississippi State offensive tackle, Rufus Warren. He's a coach over in Columbus now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I wrote an article a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of somethings ago. Um, yeah, seems like an exciting guy. Looking forward to getting him on the show, interviewing him, talking some football, seeing what he wants to talk about because he tweeted that he wants to be on a podcast. And we have a podcast, and this is a Mississippi State podcast. And he's a Mississippi State alumni, former player. So we're going to get him on, see what he wants to talk about. I want to talk some football. And uh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's some exciting stuff, in my opinion. I think it's in your opinion, too, because Lewis said, please God, yes. I am not God, but I'm going to try to make this happen. I've talked with uh, Rufus a little bit. We'll see what we can get together. So. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to next time. Looking forward to y'all listening in. Uh, This has been For Whom the Podcast Holes. My name is Ethan Lee. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great day.